Good day, Tim. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We have been reading in the book of Exodus. We are ready to read chapter 17. Now, last time we read chapter 16, and at the end of chapter 16, I'm going to read this one verse to you. The Israelites ate manna 40 years until they reached an inhabited land. They ate the manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. So we're talking about, because at the end here, this was talking about the manna that God supplied them. They ate this every day for 40 years. Now, yes, I understand when you eat the same thing every day for 40 years, you, you might get tired of it. But that means God gave them this every day. Nowhere else in the world, in history, anywhere has anything like that happened where these people were given this food every day. And this goes to show something that I, I have come to believe and come to understand that miracles, just by their nature, do not save us. We do not tend to believe in miracles or keep our belief in miracles. We can see a miracle, but if it happens every day, it starts to become commonplace. It's like the sunrise and the sunset, the stars and the moon. We see these things all the time. We take them for granted. And I believe seeing this happen for 40 years every day, they just got in the habit of it and they didn't think anything of it. Notice they also followed the pillar of cloud and fire. And again, these are miracles, but they saw them every day, all the time, and they they kind of became accustomed to it and just didn't think anything about it. Some of their children would have grown up seeing this every day. That That's very strange for us to think about, but to them that would have seemed normal because they grew up seeing this every day. And, and we think of this as a miracle, and why did these people not? As we're going to read here in, in chapter 17, and as we're going to see a lot as we go through Exodus and, and the other books of the Bible, we're going to see that uh, these people, who, who are a good representation of us, of, norm, of just normal, everyday people, of all people, we're going to see where they just do not maintain an appreciation for what they're given, and they don't stay faithful and trust in the Lord, even though he's supplying everything they need in very miraculous ways every day. So with that, we're going to move on, and we're going to read Exodus chapter 17. Then all the congregation of the children of Israel moved on from the wilderness of Sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water so that we may have something to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you tempt the Lord and try his patience? But the people were thirsty for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, why did you bring us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, saying, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. Then the Lord said to Moses, 
pass before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb. There you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may have something to drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He named the place where this miracle occurred, Massa, and in parentheses they say test, and Meribah, in parentheses they say contention, because of the quarreling of the sons of Israel, and because they tested the patience of the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? So here, they had just moved on from one spot seen to another. And, and you notice now, there is one thing to notice here. They moved on. I used to think of them as just wandering around this huge mob of, um, of millions of people, or maybe a million people, whatever. Just thought of them as just a mob of people. But this says that, you know, God had them move in order, in an orderly fashion by stages. So they weren't just this huge mob rolling through everything. They were being orderly in some fashion. But you'll notice they just, you know, instead of going to Moses, they just have the wrong attitude. Yes, it's okay to admit, hey, you know, we need water. We could use water and we could go to the Lord or God and, you know, ask for that in a respectful way. But it's the way they're coming to Moses for water and they give him a hard time, and they're treating him, maybe they're treating him a bit too much as if he has the power to do something, and he doesn't. And maybe, too, they're, you know, again, they're forgetting that the Lord is there with them to help them, because you notice it says, uh, tested the patience of the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? Well, they should be following and seeing that cloud every day. Why would they ever think the Lord is not with them? But again, like I said, miracles do not save, they do not have a lasting impact. People get accustomed to seeing a miracle every day and then it's no longer a miracle. But here, they're, they're just not maintaining faith. They're not maintaining their trust in God. The, the minute they come up against something and they have an issue, instead of maybe going to Moses and saying, hey, you know, can you ask God to help us? Or, or is, you know, can God provide us some water? Or will God provide us some water? Because we know he can. You know, instead of going and asking in a nice way, which would make some sense, they go and they get quarrelsome and angry. And, I, you know, it sounds like they're like uh, Moses says, they are almost ready to stone me. So it's their, their attitude is wrong. It's like they're very demanding and they should have whatever it is that they, you know, have a complaint about immediately. Now, I think I forgot to mention this earlier. But I am reading from the Amplified Bible. We're going to continue on. Then Amalek and his people came and fought. Now, let me explain something. Then Amalek, and it says, and his people in brackets. So the idea is that Amalek and whoever he ruled over or whoever was in his group. So then Amalek and his people came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and go out, fight against Amalek and his people. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. 
So Joshua did as Moses said and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur. Now Hur was, okay, according to what we know, according to Josephus, Hur was the husband of Miriam, Moses' sister. Just for reference, because I didn't know who that was either. So Joshua did as Moses said and fought with Amalek and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the hilltop. Now when Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And when he lowered his hand due to fatigue, Amalek prevailed. You know, if you've ever stood and like held your hands up for long lengths of time or held your arms out in any way, you know that your arms actually get tired relatively quickly. Anyway, that is just a side note. It is something that does happen. If you if you need to try it, just uh, raise your hands up and see how long you can hold them just straight up in the air. It, it after a few minutes, you will you know you will feel it. And we don't know how long this battle took, but obviously it was taking quite a while. But Moses' hands were heavy, and he grew tired. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Then Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other side. So it was that his hands were steady until the sunset. So Joshua overwhelmed and defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this in the book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua that I will utterly wipe out the memory of Amalek and of and his people, and again, now this is in brackets, and his people, from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and named it, The Lord is my banner, saying, The Lord has sworn an oath, the Lord will have war against the people of Amalek from generation to generation. So here are these people, I'm not sure who Amalek is, but Amalek and his people, whoever that is, they came out, probably felt threatened. Here you have this huge uh, nation of people just coming through your territory or coming close by your territory, whatever. And they came out to attack them, to, you know, possibly to drive them off or just keep them away from their territory. I don't know. It doesn't say. I'm just, I'm guessing, okay? This is a. This is one of those I think moments. I'm just trying to come up with a reason this would happen. And that's that's probably the most likely. But there could be other reasons. Again, you know, I wasn't there. So nonetheless, the Lord, you know, the Lord saw to it that they won, that they had victory, that took care of them. Here again, we have an example, even after their unbelief, after their contentiousness, with Moses and the Lord, he still took care of them. He still made sure that they were victorious and that they got through this problem. So again, another example of where God helps them. Now, we can relate all this to us today. Believe it or not, we see miracles every day. All the things we see in this world, if you really think about it, are miraculous. None of none of this happened randomly. I, I don't care what anyone else says. None of this happened randomly. Everything we see, everything that we have from the, the sunrise to the sunset to, 
you know, like the stars and the moon, everything we have on this earth, all the all the little creatures we see, all the animals, um, ourselves, the Bible itself, the Bible has survived. That is the one miracle that we can look at every day. And it only survived intact and 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 the way it is through the miraculous power of God working through people. That's how the Bible has been handed down and saved through the centuries. And we just take all these things for granted to such a degree. I mean, really, we do. We take so much of this for granted. And we don't appreciate the miracle that every day is and that the time that we have every day is important. It's critical. And we need to try to spend that in the best way possible. We should be spending that time um, loving and caring for one another, helping one another, doing what we can for each other. And I, I know a lot of times we have, like I have, we have mundane jobs. We have things we have to do throughout the day, which would be considered very mundane and not necessarily extremely helpful. But everything we can do, every little thing we do matters. If we can do something that helps someone, even in a small way, it matters. It's important in its own way because it helps us and the person we're helping. Our goal should be to help the person we're helping. But I will tell you without any doubt and with no uh, reservation that when we help others, we also greatly benefit from that. And I don't just mean in the blessings of God, though that's important, but it helps strengthen our will and our our compassion and our caring for others. And it, it makes it, you know, as you flex that muscle, it is a, it is something that you you have to work and you practice and you do and you get better and better at it. And the benefits of that, because you reap what you sow. That's one of that's one of the most fundamental laws of the universe. You reap what you sow, it benefits you as well. It comes back to you in ways, not necessarily like I give somebody five bucks, I'm going to get $500 somehow. No, I don't, I'm not talking about that. But just like as a bodybuilder works out and, and works their muscles and they, they grow muscles, they get stronger and better at those things. The gymnast gets more, uh, what would you call it, more agile and they get better at their routines. You know, you get better and better at these things and it's more rewarding and you start really enjoying it and feeling that contentment and joy from doing those things. It's kind of like a runner, a marathon runner. They get kind of a runner's high as they go along and they, you know, they get a sense of well-being and good goodness from it. You know, we're not totally doing our everything we do to be selfish. However, we do need to recognize that while we are helping others. There are benefits to that for ourselves as well. And it helps focus our mind on something other than ourselves. If we sit and just think of ourselves all the time, we become like the children of Israel. Why do I not have everything I want? Why do I not have this? Why do I not have that? Why, you know, we just start with the, oh, woe is me. And it just goes on and on and on forever. So I'm going to end it there because I will go on and on forever want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.